This is Seam Change, where we chat to Aussie fashion creatives who are collaborating to upcycle wasted textiles. I'm Julia English, and this podcast is part of my PhD research at RMIT University. I've been interviewing these designers and wanted to invite everybody to listen in as they share their experiences. Their thoughts and mine are our own and don't reflect either the university or any other companies we discuss. I'd like to acknowledge the Wundjeri people of the Kulon Nations as the traditional owners of the lands on which this podcast was recorded and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Luke Phillips is the designer behind modular bag brand Intercarry. Trained in industrial design, Luke started Intercarry in 2019 after tinkering around with bag designing for years, and now it's grown to become his full-time job. Born out of a desire to find a solution for waste, the bags have a recycled base material which gives them structural integrity. This is the canvas for a whole variety of textiles and waste streams, from nursery planter bags, which make up their green and black core designs, to limited ranges using denim and tartan storage bags from Up Apparel, to pieced offcuts in collaboration with Reborn by Homie. Design is a flat panel, the bags are snapped into shape with industrial press studs, meaning they can be opened up for cleaning when needed. All of their bag designs are modular, designed to interlock and fit with each other, so you can mix it up to meet the needs of each day. Listen along as we chat about storytelling in a creative and remaking business and what deeper engagement with sustainability looks like for them. Luke also shares what he brings to the table when collaborating with other brands to make sure everyone gets something out of the partnership. This is Seam Change and we're talking to Luke Phillips about how he works with other creatives to transform waste. Luke, it's lovely to have you here as part of the research and as part of the podcast today. I guess to kick it off, can you tell me who are you, who are into carry, and what do you make? Also, it's really, really good to be here as well. I am Luke. I started into carry maybe about two years ago. Over the last 12 months, we've kind of picked up a lot and um, started to hit our stride on the, on the upcycling game. So, basically what we do is we hunt around for all different kinds of textiles and waste materials and we put them through this manufacturing process that we've made that turns them into carry bags. Very cool. Can you describe the bags when we like paint a picture for everybody who's listening? So, we started with trying to figure out a way that you could make bags from recycled materials and then that kind of led the kind of physical manifestation of the actual bag. So, What they've ended up being is these kind of semi-rigid bags that have a 0.6 millimeter thick layer of recycled polypropylene on the inside of them and that gives the bag its kind of structure. So, that then allows us to use a really, really wide variety of materials on top of that because the structural integrity of the bag itself is always going to be consistent from that interior layer. But that means that it looks a little bit different than a regular bag. It's not like a completely textile, like soft, malleable bag. It's 
and it's not like a box either. It's it's like somewhere in between. It's still soft enough that it's comfortable, but it's not your typical bag to look at. Cool. How did you decide on that material in the first place? There was a lot of testing, a lot of prototypes. Originally, we were actually looking to make that 0.6 layer from packing slips, from pallets. So, like going around to shipping companies and things and they get thrown out a lot. But the issue with it was they're just in such poor condition that they obviously can't be used for a packing slip anymore. So, they're very, very difficult to recycle from that point. And then fortunately, we came across this local company, Megara, and they make a lot of kind of promotional packaging and things like that. And then they've set up this closed loop in-house recycling system where they get all of their offcuts and they repalletize them and re-extrude them into new sheeting. So, it's pre-consumer recycled material, which means it's like much easier logistically because they're not obviously transporting it anywhere. So, it's, it's really accessible on a price point and it means we can buy it off the shelf, which is, I feel, a really exciting point that kind of a lot of industries are hitting at the moment where you can do a, a sustainable option uh, at scale like that because I believe those options didn't exist 10 years ago. That's pretty exciting. I guess that's a good time to ask you. You're pretty new. Tell me a little bit about when the brand started. What was that like spark, the thing that sort of caused you to go, this is something that I should be doing? Yeah, good good question. It's kind of, there's sort of two parts to it. So, the first part is like why bags and the second part is like why sustainability. With the bags, I did my honours project at RMIT on modular bags. So, we did a lot of research and experimentation into that. And that was, that was ages ago. That was like 2014. And then I worked in industry for a couple of years, was still, didn't really know much about sustainability. And then through diving into food and kind of the impact that that has on a personal level, led me down this rabbit hole and then it was only a matter of time before you you, know, you then start questioning the materials that you're using as a designer. It's like, well, actually, these are, <laughs> these are pretty bad. So, that was a, a bit of a rude awakening and then, yeah, it just seemed like a natural fit. I don't really remember exactly what happened but it was just like, oh, we can make sustainable bags and then I started looking into it and got really excited about it and, yeah, that was probably three or four years ago now. It's been a fun, fun journey. But it, seriously, like I said, it's been seriously operating for yeah, 12 to 24 months or something. Yeah, nice. Like you say that it's been operating like that officially for that long. What made you call it official at that point? <laughs> I was chatting to someone about this the other day. It's probably been three to three and a half years of me like tinkering with it. And when I say it gets official, I guess it's when it, it stops being a hobby and it starts being like a business. And yeah, what, what you need for that, I guess, is sales. So, that's when the sales started to pick up and it was, you know, it was less of like something that I was doing in my spare time and it was, it started to become my full-time job. So, are you full-time now? Yes. That's exciting. It is. It's really good. Yeah. It's good. It's good fun. I'm particularly interested. I know you've partnered with Up Apparel for the bags or for part of them or there was a project. Can you tell me how did that start? What did that look like? When did that happen? That happened just over a year ago. A mentor of mine also happened to be a mentor of Michael, one of the founders of Apparel, which back then was actually called Man Rags. 
And so he knew both businesses and both people really well. And into Carrier was getting to a stage, you know, we just moved into a, our first space and we were, you know, getting to closer to that business level, less of a hobby. And Philippe um, just put us in contact. He said, you know, apparel or man rags at that time is starting to do some really cool stuff with textile recycling. You're upcycling bags. You guys should have a conversation and, and see what happens. And so I reached out to Michael and yeah, we both got a bit excited and they, they were kind of having this big transition at that point. I think it was maybe even the same week that they rebranded to Apparel and set up their textile recycling system, which is just like absolutely insane. And then the last 12 months for them is just like skyrocketed through the roof. They just moved into like a 2000 square meter warehouse where they're just filling with people's wasted textiles and recycling them. It's super amazing. So from there, I went out to visit their factory and I took a couple of bags and it's like, this is what we do. Uh, and they said, well, this is all the waste that we have. <laughs> I'm guessing that was quite a lot. <laughs> there was a lot of it. Even, even at that time, it was like tons and tons of waste. And we just started sifting through it all. And we're just chatting to the warehouse manager and it's like, we, you know, we get a lot of this. This stuff is more kind of one-off stuff. Um, so, we were looking at maybe trying to recycle or upcycle bags that they get sent, like textile bags, into new bags. But the issue was the consistency to be able to make many of them is is very difficult. And so, what we identified was a lot of people were sending their textile donations in uh, like tartan bags, like those kind of checkered bags. And that was similar to some material that I'd worked with already. So, we just started doing some prototypes with that. And then we also identified that there was a buttload of denim jeans that they were getting sent. So, we go, okay, let's try and do something with that as well. So, we ended up just doing some experiments and had the exterior material as that tartan bag check material. And then we reinforced some areas that are high, high risk to abrasion being a bag. And then we had that layer of polypropylene on the mid in the inside. And then we got denim jeans and kind of used the pattern in a way that the back pocket of the denim jeans was like a little pocket on the inside of the bag, which is a, a cool little cool little touch, but difficult on the cutting side of things. Yeah, neat. I'm always interested in the steps that led up to the step that was the pinnacle step. So you mentioned that your mentor connected you. How did you start the mentoring? How did you make that connection in the first place? There's a, a place called Space Tank up in Coburg. They're kind of like a, a co-working space slash workshop. And they've got all this amazing... They're doing some really, really cool stuff in the kind of physical innovation space. And a few years ago, they ran a course called Bench to Business, which was 11 really short programs, like one week each or something like that. And it just covered everything from design to manufacturing to accounting to marketing to legal like it's just a crash course on everything you need to like bring a product to market and philippe was the design lecturer for that course so we just kind of kept in contact after that and he was yeah really good help in the particularly in the initial kind of thinking about you know sustainability and like products and textiles as a whole is extremely overwhelming when when you really dive into it so it was a really good process to go through that with philippe because he has so much manufacturing 
uh, experience and, and experience running businesses. So he was really instrumental in kind of guiding what a sustainable upcycled bag could actually look like and whether that's feasible to do that at scale and have an impact and be financially viable. So you were telling me a little bit about that sort of discussion that you had at Upper Para with the waste that they had and when you sort of were seeing it and trying to figure out what would be a good solution for the bags and that you came up with the tartan and the denim. How did things progress from there? It, yeah, we kind of sent some emails back and forth and, you know, we're chatting a little bit with the marketing team over there. Obviously, on our end, it was just me, so there was no marketing team. But it was pretty straightforward. I mean, the biggest thing is choosing the material and kind of figuring out whether that's feasible to do it ongoing and making sure that the bag, you know, works and whether people will actually like it and wear it because functionally it's exactly the same. So, the process was, yeah, it was, it was pretty streamlined. The biggest thing that I've learned so far, and this would be a same learning for uh, dealing with apparel, is making sure that the story is communicated with the life cycle of the product because it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, it's these tartan bags and they've like got this check pattern on them and it's a completely different thing to show them that material being used in its last life and then showing how you're literally breaking it down and giving it another life and communicating that loop is really, really important and it's really cool to see people's reaction to it. So, I guess maybe looking back retrospectively, we we probably could have done a bit more than that on that. Although Ollie is their tech whiz over there and he has since done some some videos around that, which have been really cool. And that's kind of showed that loop. You had this communication, you had a bit of a design. Did you take the waste with you that first time? What happened with the making? Like, when did you pick it up? How long did it take you? So, initially when, when we went out there for the first visit, I just took a bag of a whole lot of different stuff. Like there was X uh, uniforms from businesses. So, if they've changed their logo or something, then they'll have thousands of pieces of unused clothing that they now can't use. So, they donate it to them. So, that that's like really ripe for, for some upcycling because you've got that consistency and it's it's literally brand new. Like you're taking the plastic packaging off it. Um, so, we played around with some of that stuff. can't remember exactly why we didn't go with that. But yeah, I just I just maybe had like a dozen different types of materials that they had lots of and then just made probably four, four or five different bags out of those materials with kind of different combinations and then went back to them with a couple of those and we just chatted about them and that's when we yeah, landed on the denim and the tartan. Was that a pairing that you already had in the, those ones that you were showing them or was that one that sprung out of that conversation? I think it sprung out of the conversation, yeah. I think it was like, you know, version two. I don't think we hit the nail on the head in the beginning, particularly with the denim pocket because that's obviously much more difficult to to do. So, whether that's, you know, feasible from a cost perspective because it adds time to the manufacturing. So, all of those little kind of intricacies that's what I guess more the back and forth is rather than the actual kind of overview of the bag. So, you know, pricing and things like that is particularly when you're 
making locally, I think it was probably a bit higher than what they might have been expecting. And then from our side, it's like we're really doing our best to get that to it at the most accessible price point that we can. But it's just, you know, it's it takes us one to two hours to, to make the bag. So, if you're going to do that in, on Australian wages, which is something that we think is really important, then that's just the nature of it. And that's something that we've considered a lot through the development of the actual design of the bag. So, talking before about designing that bag to be able to take lots of different materials, we've also designed it in a way that can get that manufacturing process down as low as possible and try and make it really accessible for people that don't necessarily need 10 years of sewing experience to be able to come in and and make these bags to a high quality. And we're always trying to get it down and it's a continuous refinement process, but we're pretty stoked with where it is at the moment. That's pretty cool. I actually wanted to ask you because I saw that Upper Apparel, like I think they sell the bag on their website. Tell me a little bit about how that came about. This is our first one. So I I was very much, I didn't know what to do. Obviously, from our perspective, it's better if it sells through Apparel because they have a bigger audience and a bigger community. And so what that means is so we decided that they would do that. And what that essentially means is Intercarry is basically acting as a manufacturer. So they kind of just contract the making of the bag to us and then we don't really have anything to do with it after that, which does place more risk on Apparel's side because they're holding the stock which hasn't been a problem over the last 12 months, I don't think. But yeah, that that's always the first step when we go through the collaboration process is what's the actual outline? Like, is Intercarry just a manufacturer in this relationship or are we like a true collaboration where we're both kind of doing it and we're both selling it to our own channels and we both kind of have our name behind it 50-50? Uh, and what we've found so far is it, it just it comes across as 50-50 um, but it'll just sell through one channel, which is just logistically easier anyway. Yeah. You just said that that's sort of something that you talk about at the start. Was that something that you were discussing in that very first meeting where you brought them that initial bag or was that sort of a discussion that you had after you'd sort of decided there was something here? Before we'd actually decided exactly what kind of bag and material we were going to use, we decided that it was going to sell through through their channels we're not that big now and we were even smaller back then. So, like, I think it was just, it just sort of made sense. I think as we progress and we become bigger and we're, we're probably become at a similar scale to the, the brands that we're collaborating with, then that will be a bit more of a in-depth discussion. But for now, and, and even with like some of our other recent collaborations, yeah, it just sort of seems we don't have the following to really kind of push it that hard yet usually the, the company that we're working with is a bit more established than us oh that's nice to piggyback on them a bit <laughs> <laughs> totally but that's like because not all the people that we've worked with are in the sustainability self space per se like they have values around it but they're not necessarily like apparel where they're kind of breaking new ground and doing all these amazing things they might just be an existing company that has a passion for sustainability and has a waste stream that, that they've noticed. And then they kind of chat to us about, you know, can we repurpose this waste, turn it into a bag, sell it back to our audience because it's a win-win. I mean, they 
get to repurpose their waste, they get to communicate to their audience and following that they're really passionate about these things. And it's not like some kind of greenwashing thing. It's it's actually they're putting their actions behind their words. That's not a saying. Actions speak louder than words. We've found, and this isn't an intentional thing, we've found that we can work with larger brands because they get something from it as well. Like usually in a collaboration, both audiences want to be getting exposed to the other company's audiences and it's kind of mutually beneficial there. In our collaborations, they're getting that a little bit, but they're more so getting like to be able to stand behind their values and show that they're sustainable or becoming more sustainable. It sounds like a lot of the time you make it, you pass it off. Do you ever do any of, say, like the imagery associated or any of those aspects or is that something that your collaborators tend to take the reins on? 50-50. More so recently we've started doing uh, content. Um, We've got one coming up soon which we're doing the majority of the content for but not kind of the professional product shots and things. It's more communicating that handmade workshop recycling process. You know, it's very like lo-fi what we do, but it that lo-fi I think adds to the story because it's showing that, it, you know, we do make these things one by one and it is made by hand and we are like picking tree roots out of the material when we first get it and scrubbing it down. Like that's really part of the story. So when we do collaborate, it's I think it's important to, to contribute that. And we've just kind of, we're happy to just sort of throw that in because we think it's a good, it's a good part of the deal. Yeah, going back to what you said earlier when you were like, yeah, telling that story about how the product has evolved from its previous life into the new life is so important. Totally, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I guess this is a good chance to sort of talk about some of the other projects that you've done. Well, you've worked with Reborn by Homie, I saw with a recent project. Could you talk about how that sort of maybe was similar or different to your work with Up Apparel? Uh, Yeah, for sure. It started a different way. Actually, we just connected over Instagram. They just we just messaged me saying, you know, cool stuff. We should collaborate. And that was like literally it. Mm-hmm. So, then we had a Zoom call because it was COVID, even though they're like just around the corner. And we're like, okay, like what's a collaboration look like? You know, is it a we do a giveaway on Instagram and, or what does that look like? And I was sort of like, well, okay, we, we have this product that's kind of – we're learning that it's quite ripe for collaboration and we'd done a couple by that stage. So, go, okay, well, you guys are already recycling and upcycling textiles into these really cool kind of jumpers and tracksuits and shirts and things. Why don't we just do that but we turn it into a bag at the end? And then, yeah, once we had that idea, it kind of made sense and it was we got really excited about it and I went over there and sort of showed them what the flat lay for the bag would be and then they just made up a couple of samples with their kind of style and embroidery and screen printing and stuff over some old jumpers and things. And I just took them back and made them up into a bag and that was it. We just did one prototype. I'm kind of interested in that and with other collaborations as well. Do you have a lot of wastage that you produce and what do you do with that? Is that your responsibility? Does your partner take that back again? This is, I guess, why it's <laughs> why partnering with Apparel at the start of our journey was so so important we just give it all to them so we keep all of our textile offcuts and just ship it over to them i don't know, we tend to be going out there like every few months and they just recycle it in terms of what that looks like in conversations with people that we collaborate with one partner that we've worked with 
mentioned that before we kind of agreed on anything. It was like, okay, okay, so we're giving you this waste stock that we have, but are you just kind of cutting a small section out of it and then the rest of it is still going into the bin? Like what actually happens to that? So that was really cool for them to have that level of detail and also really cool to be able to answer and say, yeah, it gets recycled, it goes to apparel and they already work with apparel. So it was kind of a bit of a no-brainer. But yeah, really exciting that everyone's paying like that much attention to it because it's a lot of people I feel like just want to tick the sustainability thing off the list. It's like, oh yeah, we're doing it, we're doing it. But to really dig in deep and really go to that level of detail, I think is really cool. That's great. And I love the fact that they were already bringing that into the discussion. I'm going to ask a bit of a nosy question. How much, like what percentage of the stuff that you use do you use and how much do you have to waste? It varies slightly on what the material is. But for example, with our core range, which is different supplies of woven polypropylene, so from bulker bags and planter bags, they're the stuff that we pick tree roots out of all the time. That material is free for us to get it into our space, but then it's quite expensive because it's really time consuming to process it and clean it. So by the time we actually get it to a stage where we can manufacture it, it's not really a cheap material. So we are maximizing that to like as much as we possibly can. We're getting every last square piece out of it. So it'll just be like little strips and weird shaped offcuts that we'll throw out. Yeah. They're like what size of your hand? Usually like long skinny strips. Anything that's got a decent square surface area on it will recycle. We did another collaboration with HRA, uh, Humane Research Australia. They do a lot of research into animal cruelty and they're doing all this really cool cool stuff. And on their um, website, they used to have these wallets that were made from like vegan leather, but they were made in China, bought by someone in America and then distributed to them in Australia. And they were really cute and they looked really cool, but like it's not really, you know, that super duper fantastic. It's not the worst out there. So they contacted us and we make these tiny little wallets for them, which are almost 100% recycled. I think the thread and like the button on it aren't. But what's really good about that is the surface area of those wallets is obviously the size of a credit card. So, we keep those and that's what we make those with because making a backpack out of that would take quite a serious amount of time. So, introducing those smaller products was also a way for us to maximize those sheets, which is half the reason why we have sunglass cases on our website as well. Did you reach out to them with that particular work or did they reach out to you? They reached out to us actually through Apparel, coincidentally. It's all like a little network of who we're introduced to. It's so interesting. Yeah, totally. I think there's definitely a bottleneck through Apparel because they're just doing so much crazy stuff on such a huge scale. They definitely have a lot of waste that they need to find solutions for. So, obviously, that was something that you really jumped at from what you just said because it was an opportunity to use up these sort of smaller pieces of waste. It sounds quite serendipitous to me. Yeah, it was perfect. We hadn't designed a wallet at that stage um, and they were like, can you do one? Um, And it was the same thing. You know, they came over and I made a couple of prototypes and we sort of chatted about it. We don't really like, like it's not really beneficial for us on a financial side, but it's just they're, you know, really great initiative to partner with. And, you know, it's a win-win because we're getting rid of those little tiny bits.
have there been any projects or collaborations that you've reached out to somebody else? So I've reached out early, early days, reached out to, yeah, I don't know how many, like half a dozen, a dozen different brands with kind of a pitch and we're sort of talking about this is what we can do. And I think it's just really, it needs to come from them, like pitching them and them seeing the value in it and going out of their way to to kind of make this thing happen that might not really work and kind of sounds a bit weird and it's by this like small company in Melbourne that kind of does this stuff like it's there's just too much risk involved and like it's not their fault like it's probably a fair reaction they've got a bunch of other stuff that they're doing so in terms of the ones that are successful or that have actually happened I think it's mostly been people coming to us because it's yeah you're kind of just stabbing in the dark if you're reaching out to other brands because it's really difficult to know what waste they have in their supply chain and also usually they're so disconnected from the manufacturing side of things that any offcuts and things are just too hard to get to. When they're the people that make the first contact, that's when we've had the most success about it because, you know, they're already interested. Yeah. Do you know why they, like how they heard about you or what it was that made them want to reach out? Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, like the ones through our power and then the rest have just been through Instagram. Yeah. Like I think everyone that I follow on the Into Carry page is just like, people that are doing cool stuff with sustainability. So, I assume other brands are doing the same thing and then, you know, you follow them for a while and then you you might have that little light bulb moment where it's like we might do a video and they kind of see how we're doing the manufacturing process or something and then they go, oh, cool, like we could use this or like we have that waste supply and we could do that. Yeah. What makes you want to work with somebody? From the business side, it's like exposure to a like-minded audience is is a huge win for us at the moment but on a more kind of personal enjoyment level it's always so exciting to see what comes out of it because in the initial discussion I don't think either sides know what's going to happen and then to kind of flesh it out and try and like try and find a really good solution it's usually quite surprising and that's why I think collaborations are so fun and and so important in the sustainability space because it pushes the narrative further like you're kind of breaking new ground by forcing yourself to try and merge these two individual businesses into one outcome and the tartan bags at apparel are a really good example of that there's another one coming out in a few weeks so there's a a wetsuit company in new south wales and they manufacture overseas but they do a lot of really cool stuff and with sustainability they've got like an eco neoprene and neoprene is the material that wetsuits are made from and it's like traditionally awful for the environment so that's really cool that they're they're working towards that but they contacted us and said we have these kind of wetsuits that we're throwing out whether it be like a broken stitching or a defect or like something goes wrong with it and the customer's sending it back to us and we don't know what to do with them it's like, okay, cool. Like, let's see if we can make some bags from them. So, same thing. Did a bunch of prototypes, sent them up to them. They were super stoked. And then they've just put it in order. And again, it's like Into Carriers, the manufacturer. They're selling it to their audience. But why I brought it up is I had no idea whether that was going to work. And it does. And it, it's, it looks super cool. And we're really excited about it. And I wore a prototype around for a couple of days. And like everyone, you know, you can tell it's from a wetsuit and it kind of sparks that conversation with people. It's like, oh, what's that? It's like, oh, this is an old wetsuit. And people are like, oh, cool. And it, 
that's what you want to happen. You want to be kind of like spreading that awareness and having those conversations. So that's a really good example of something that I wouldn't have gone out of my way to do because I probably wouldn't have thought that it would work. And then by having that, having them kind of initiate it and say, why don't we do this kind of forces you to, to think differently about it. And then now we have this cool little solution. Do you always use the same bag designs or do you ever create like a custom design for a partner? I haven't done that yet. It's a lot of work, but we are looking to do that with some people, which I'm really excited about. Um, exactly what that looks like in terms of making sure both parties are happy with that is a bit unsure at the moment. But yeah, we always do different bags. Like we, but we just send them from our range. So, like, send them a few prototypes and they'll be like, this one, this one, this one. So, it sounds like working almost as a manufacturer of people is actually a significant proportion of your business. If you're happy to share, what percentage is what? How much of your work is doing this sort of more, I guess I'm calling it contract work, but for somebody else and how much of it is the stuff that you sell yourselves? Yeah, it's probably, it would be close to 50-50. And what's also good is we usually get, like our, our direct sales usually go up when we do a new collaboration because new people find out about us. So, it's a win-win in that regard. Do you want this to sort of continue as a 50-50-ish breakdown or did you want one part to like in the long term take over the other? Yeah, good question. I mean, online sales, direct sales for us are much better because they can, they can grow the business more because we just simply have a better margin on them. But we, there's so much value in collaborating and it's, it's been a real accidental part of our business model that we didn't anticipate in the beginning. And so, we're, we will definitely keep pushing that. It would be nicer to have it maybe closer to like a, a 60-40 or an 80-20 or something. It's like online sales are just better, better for us. But we will always continue to, to collaborate and work with people. Apart from the fact that it's just super fun and you get to meet all these really cool people, it's just a really great way to expose that circular story to a wider range of people, which is why collaborations are good without the sustainability side mm -hmm. of things. But to add the sustainability aspect in there, it's yeah, it's a really good way to spread awareness. Yeah. Do you have any key challenges around working in this particular method? The biggest challenge, like particularly early on, is the margin like it's fine when i'm here making it by myself but for the business to grow we need to be getting someone else to come in here and make it and adding those wages on top of the material costs which are fortunately quite low because everything's <laughs> recycled it's yeah it's th that's the biggest difficult thing it's just the pricing and making sure that it's feasible for us financially because we get a lot of benefit from it on a marketing side of things at the moment and that's particularly like early early like in that initial stuff with apparel i literally said to them i don't really care about making money so much right now we just want to grow the business and we and your audience is exactly the people that we want to be exposed to so like that's the biggest thing for us right now like that's what we want from the arrangement and as we're kind of moving forward now it's becoming more important for us to also make money from it as well because otherwise we can't continue to do it you know uh, so that's a really big learning experience. So we're currently in a warehouse space. Can you describe it and can you tell people sort of how that fits within your business? Yeah, so this is this is the second space that we've been in. It's 
we've been subleasing with other businesses in a warehouse and just yesterday we picked up the keys to our own place which is super exciting which we're sharing with another business upstairs but that's like a huge step for us so it's much more space we kind of take over the space <laughs> that the people that we're subleasing off to like prep material all the time which i'm sure isn't great for them but they're really really amazing and and helpful so now we're moving into this space which means we'll have a lot more freedom to process material but also the main reason is we're setting up a zero waste coffee shop in the front of that warehouse and that space is going to blend into a bit of a retail section and then behind the retail section is like where we're actually making the bags and the reason for doing that is to again communicate that story and literally show people what we're doing not in like a kind of shoving it down your throat way like it's still a nice cafe to come in and like have a coffee but there's also this kind of stuff that's happening like on the other side of the warehouse that you're welcome to come and check out and the end goal for that is for people to be able to come in we will have all of the material prepped and the bags kind of prepped but not assembled and you can actually grab a coffee or like a beer or a wine and choose which materials and colors you want on your bag and then we will sew that up for you in like half an hour so you can just either chill out or go for a walk like when you used to get photos developed and then come back and we've we've assembled the thing for you and you can walk away with this custom piece that's the end goal if you want to bring in your own material then we can do that as well and that's kind of what i was touching on before about working on the actual manufacturing process of the bags is getting that end assembly time down to something like half an hour so that we can do that. So all the time actually goes into the preparation. Why do you want to do that? It's like the complete opposite of fast fashion. It's like at the other end of the scale and getting people involved in the process. We we have this like thing, our kind of mission statement or like our why, which has been what it is for the whole three and a half years is we want to change people's relationships with material resources. And that happens on a manufacturing side and it also happens on a customer side. So basically how we interpret that is we want people to value the stuff that they own more, which again, it's like the opposite of fast fashion. You can value it, but it's, it's a low chance. And a really good way to do that is to give someone ownership and get them involved in the process. So if they actually contribute to bringing this thing into existence, you're going to have more sentimental value and attachment to that thing. Therefore, you're going to go to more lengths to try and get it repaired or fixed or, you know, if it gets lost, you might go to more extent to go and try and find it. All of those little things, which we're also trying to reduce friction to. Do you offer repairs? We do. Yes, we offer repairs, free repairs and lifetime warranty on our core range. We've only been doing it for a few weeks and a couple of people have come in because particularly with our like weekly drop range, we're always using new materials. So it's really, really difficult to know how they're going to wear over time, which is why we we offer that. That plus the the modular nature of the bags, which we haven't dove into, um, which has its like it's steeped in sustainability as well. We're hoping that over time, those two 
parts, those two aspects of the business are a really good opportunity for us to maintain relationships with the customers and, you know, they can come in and buy a new attachment if their lifestyle changes or like, you know, they might get a cut on their bag or something like over however many years it's been and reducing that friction and making it really accessible for them to come back in and see us in the workshop and have a chat. Like we're, we're hoping that that happens. Yeah. You've already kind of talked a bit about the joys of working with changing materials and the fact that you do work with lots of different materials. And I kind of hinted at the cons. So I want to know, how have you navigated that? Yeah, on a case-by-case basis. It is. It's like it's the part that's so exciting because it's always a little bit different. But, yeah, it also does present challenges. Um, And like I touched on at the start, it's like we're trying to build a manufacturing process that gives the product consistency regardless of what the material on the outside is. And the biggest challenge for that for us is abrasion. So we always try and find materials that are the most abrasion resistant. And like talking back before about apparel, that was what the whole conversation was about. It's like, okay, you've got all this denim, but like how's that going to wear over time if it's scuffed up against something every day? Um, So that's why we put it on the inside. To wrap up, I'd love to know what advice would you give to others who kind of want to work in this space, maybe in a similar way, maybe slightly different? Just start tinkering. Just like grab stuff and cut it or mould it or shred it or whatever. There's so, so much opportunity, partly in a depressing way because there's so many broken systems (laughs) and problems, but also in a really uplifting and inspiring way because there's so many amazing individuals and businesses that are kind of just starting and starting to get some really good momentum and doing some truly amazing work. So, if you are thinking about diving into the realm of sustainability in any kind of capacity as a business or an individual, I would highly recommend it because it's a very exciting moment in time, I think. Keen to check out Intercarry? You can find them and their latest drop on Instagram or online at intercarry.co. That's I-N-T-O-C-A-R-R-Y dot C-O. And if you'd like to see their collab with Up Apparel, that's on the upapparel.com.au website under their sustainability tab. They've also recently produced a range with Project Blank using defective wetsuits, which you can find at projectblank.com.au. As for me, you're welcome to check out my Instagram underscore julia.english, where I talk about circular and sustainable fashion, as well as what my daily life looks like, from what I wear to current mending projects. I would love for you to be part of my research. You can do this by leaving a review or liking or sharing podcast snippets that I share on my socials. In doing so, you'll be opting in for your feedback to contribute towards my understanding of the value of this podcast and whether these interviews were actually helpful. Through sharing this podcast, I'm hoping to be more transparent in the way I do research. However, for the sake of a smooth sounding podcast, it has been edited for clarity, and some sections might have been cut if they're not suitable for public sharing. You'll find links to the transcript and citation information in the show notes. My PhD is funded by an Australian Government Research Training Scholarship, and has had ethics approval through RMIT University. 
You can also find my contact details in the show notes should you have any questions about the research project.